Welcome to New Beginnings Community Church. We hope this message blesses you. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe and check out our social media channels at NBCC Halifax or visit our website www.nbcc.life. You're about to hear a message from our Sunday experience, but before we dive in, every week we take time out of our service to receive our tithes and offerings. If you'd like to donate to the work of New Beginnings, you can do so by going to www.nbcc.life forward slash give. Now let's dive into God's word together. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Can you believe another years went by? I mean, it's gone so, so quick. Can you also believe it's been 60 months? 60 months, 260 Sundays since we were inducted into this church as your pastors. And let me tell you guys, we all know what a year it's been in 2022. So can I ask you to divert your eyes to the screen? Well, let's give God a massive round of applause for that. Come on. Can we also thank Josh? Let's encourage Josh for putting that video together. Come on, that was an amazing video. That would have took me three weeks to put that together. Josh did it in 30 seconds. You know, the mission of New Beginnings Community Church is the exact same mission that Jesus gave to his followers. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son <coughs> and of the Holy Spirit. And our mission statement here at New Beginnings has always been the same, to win the lost, to equip the saved, and to change our world. Listen to Matthew 28. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is our mission. That is our mission and it will never change. And our vision beside the mission is to create a community of believers who can go out there armed with the gospel of the Lord Jesus and win Calderdale. That's what we want for every single person. So, what kind of church are we? What kind of church are we and how will we take who we are into 2023? How will we take who we are into a brand new building? See, we are a church where people can begin and to, to build up a relationship with the Lord Jesus and, of course, with each other. Where people do life together in a, in a, in a genuine, family-orientated environment. This is a church where people grow spiritually in an atmosphere where the grace of God is highly, highly, highly celebrated. We are a church where real problems are solved, where real needs are met, where people have the opportunity to draw closer to God, where people recover where they recover from, from, from hurts and, and habits and, 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 and hang-ups and, and addictions that prevent them from enjoying meaningful relationships with God and with each other. We are a church where, where, where God's word is, 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 is honored as our highest authority. And everything that we do here as a church, we do for him. 
We are a church where people serve each other according to the way that God has shaped them. Where spiritual gifts and passions and, and talents and experiences are, are part of how we meet the needs of people inside and outside of our church building. We are a church that matters to its community. That makes a visible, noticeable, and tangible difference on behalf of the Lord Jesus in the real problems that exist out there in our society. We are a church that celebrates changed lives. We are a church that cultivates an atmosphere of, of freedom to, to, to grow and to serve and to empower people with the, with the confidence to do so. The ministries that we have here at New Beginnings to accomplish that mission are this. In no particular order, the welcome team. Let's encourage them. Come on. They do a fantastic job to make sure every single person walking through our doors feels welcomed and wanted. We want every single person to know that we are glad that they are here. If you're here for the first time this morning, we are pleased that you are here. Because do you know what, guys? The first impression of a church determines whether or not somebody ever comes back. Then we have our tea, coffee, kitchen, uh, a coffee. Let's encourage our kitchen staff. Come on. And we have the kitchen, and they do what they do because we want to encourage people to stay behind after the service, to make friends, to have fellowship, to build relationships, because we know that, that, that once someone makes a friend, they feel like they're part of something rather than just a place to attend on a Sunday. Then we have our parents and toddlers. Let's encourage the volunteers for our parents and toddlers. And we have that group, not because it's a place uh, uh, to provide for, for mothers just to, to come in after they do the school run to have a cup of tea while their kids play in a safe environment. We have parents and toddlers because that might be the only day of the week that those mums or those dads ever set foot into a church where they can have genuine conversations with Christians who actually care about them. Then we have our kids' church. Let's encourage our kids' workers. And we have our kids work because we know the kids need Jesus too. And we know that they don't understand the way we understand. So we teach them about Jesus in a language that they do understand. And then we pray. And we pray and we pray and we hope that they get enough information to help them and to encourage them to one day make a decision for Jesus themselves. Then we have our youth fellowship. Let's encourage our youth workers. And we have youth fellowship, not to entertain our young people. The world does that just fine. The world entertains our young people just fine. We want to show our young people that there's a world out there that even though that, they, that, that entertains them uh, 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 or, or tempts them, we want them to know that there is another way. That there's a God in heaven who cares about them. And that they don't have to, to try and figure out the answers to life by themselves. That they can come and speak to us, their church family. And they can seek the Father. Then we have our seniors group. Let's encourage our senior leaders. And we have our seniors group because we know God is not finished with them yet. We know that. We believe that. We do not ever want our seniors to feel forgotten. Not now, not ever. So we provide a space where they can gather together, bring other people to gather together. They can talk about Jesus, have fun, play games, eat food. It's always a bonus. A place where they're able to impart a lifetime of experiences and wisdom and knowledge that can help shape a future generation for the glory of the Lord Jesus. And of course, we have our, our production, sound, video, audio. Oh, we have our worship team. Let's encourage all those guys. 
I tell you, it's not easy standing up here and leading worship. Not that I would know, but it's not easy standing up here. Because we have those departments to worship the Lord. Because we believe that what is in our heart for Jesus cannot help but burst out in our expression. It can't help it. If people can go to secular music concerts and jump and sing and scream and lift their hands for entertainment purposes, then we can sure do that for Jesus. If people can get excited when their favorite football team scores a goal, then guys, we can get excited for Jesus. If the world can lift up footballers and actors and all kinds of celebrities and call them heroes and say that, hey, they're great examples to our children, then we can lift up Jesus as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Let me tell you, if the world can take something and use it to worship Jesus, then we can take it back off them and use it to worship the Lord Jesus. Sorry, let me rephrase. If the world, if the world... If the world can take something and use it to worship the devil, then we can take it off them and use it to worship the Lord Jesus. Speak proper England, Alistair. Then we have our social media communications. Let's encourage our team. Come on. Thousands of people read every week what we put out online on social media. They hear about Jesus. They hear about what we do here as a church. And we encourage them to come along and meet together. Guys, we live in 2023 and we have got to keep up with the times. We have got to. It's so important. We have got to keep up with the times and use everything at our disposal to glorify God. And if that means smoke machines and lights, then we'll use them. We'll use whatever it takes to reach a lost and dying generation with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Then we do our special events. Let's encourage our team. We look after special events. Christmas and Easter. We have an Easter fun day because it brings people through our doors. It brings them into our talent show and they win prizes, not just because it's fun, but because they got to come back on Easter Sunday to see if they've won and what they've won and to receive their prize. And when they come here on Easter Sunday, they get to hear the gospel. And we know it's only the gospel can save people. And we want to see people saved. We do our Christmas fair, Santa's Grotto extravaganza, for the exact same reason. They come and they see Santa Claus. But during that time, they enter competitions and do treasure hunts to win prizes and they got to come back to our carol service to get their prize and when they're at the carol service guess what they hear they hear the gospel and we know it's only the gospel can save and change lives other people use our buildings throughout the week like the princess trust teenagers who would never normally set foot into a church building or here in a church building five days a week and they don't even know that they're hearing about Jesus and they're listening to things about Jesus and they're seeing things about Jesus. It's amazing. Narcotics Anonymous use our building here on a Thursday night. We have seen addicts come into the church and get saved and born again, life changed because they gather here and they hear about the Lord Jesus. We have a food bank that sees hundreds of families supported every single year, more so now as the times are getting more difficult. Our great team of volunteers. Let's encourage our great team of volunteers. Come on. That amazing team of volunteers get to speak to people about Jesus. These guys would never be in a church setting otherwise. Never. Everything that we do has got our vision attached to it. And that is to extend the kingdom of God. I can speak louder than her. Now, she's fighting with me here now. She's fighting with me now. I know she is. But I can speak louder. So listen, you focus on me. Let her shout all the way. She's getting fired up, which is more than you're getting fired up. But everything we do has got our vision attached to it. And the vision is to see people saved. 
It's got to be the sole focus of everything we do to see people saved and their lives changed for the glory of God. So we're going to start this year out by taking the entire church through Alpha. Who's ever did Alpha? Put up your hand. You ever did Alpha? Well, we're going to take the entire church on a Wednesday night through Alpha, not because we think you need it. Maybe you do need it. But we're taking it through Alpha so you get to know how to talk about Jesus. Because unless you talk about Jesus, guys, your family and friends aren't getting saved. Because sometimes the only Bible they'll ever read is you. You know, 75% of Christians say that they feel comfortable inviting non-Christians to church. 53% of non-Christians know a Christian. And 55% of people who have a Christian friend have had a conversation about Jesus. See, those statistics are really encouraging. They really encourage me. But do you tell people about Jesus? Do you invite people to church? So let's get behind this. Get behind this coming year. Start off the way we mean to go on. Attend the Wednesday night Bible study at 7.30. I mean, do you know this year alone, we've seen almost 100 rededications and salvations at New Beginnings. Isn't that incredible? Come on, church. Isn't that incredible? That's what sparks something on the inside of you. We've had 34 new members join, three partnership classes, 32 souls through the waters of baptism, thousands through our doors with the Easter and Christmas events, hundreds of families supported through our food banks. Every single ministry has grown numerically and spiritually. But yes, we've had our ups and downs. We've had our highs and lows. We've been discouraged and we've been encouraged. Here's the thing I want to get across to you this morning. If you haven't heard anything else, hear this. Even with all the amazing stuff that God did last year, you saw some snippets. Some snippets? Yeah, it sounds all right. What is it? Snippets. You saw some snippets on the screen a moment ago. But here's the thing. Guys, we can't live in the past. We can't live in 2022. We can't live in the past because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And 2023, it brings us into a brand new chapter in the life of the church. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Can you see? I'm excited. Yes, Pastor, I see. It's very good. I'm genuinely excited for it. God is turning the page with chapters yet to be written. This year's focus, every year we bring a focus. And this year, we are going to focus on becoming kingdom people. On becoming kingdom-minded people. That is our focus for 2023. You see, we can put on all the events in the entire world to bring the community in through our doors. But unless they are having an encounter with Jesus, we are not going to be extending the kingdom. There's 90,000 people in Halifax. And at this very moment, our our harvest reach is Ovenden, Illingworth, and Mixedon. Yes, we got got people attending from all over the place. But primarily, our reach is Ovenden, Illingworth, and Mixedon. But after our perspective move into our new building in the center of town, well, I hope I get this right. Our harvest field grows from Ovenden, Mixington, and Illingworth, including those, the Calder, Elland, Greenland, Strainland, Hipperholm, Lightcliffe. What is it? Stain. What did I say? Strain. Stain. Stainland. I, I did say, I, I did give a disclaimer at the start, didn't I? Oh, dear. Listen, I'm glad I don't live here. London, 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 the foot. How do you pronounce that? What? Londonden, that place becomes part of our reach area. North Aram and Shelf, Park, Skirkit, Sorby Bridge and Worley. If I have missed any out, come on. 
But what a harvest field, church. What a, the, the fields are white on the harvest and new beginnings is taken Halifax by storm. I can assure you of that. And if, but if we are not the people who God intends us to be, if we don't have a heart and a drive and a hunger and a passion to see people saved and born again, then we'll not grow this coming year. So we're going to be driving into you to be kingdom-minded people with a kingdom mindset. Guys, let's be water walkers, not boat sitters. If somebody asks you, hey, bro, yo, <laughs> that's, that's me trying to be cool. <laughs> if, if they say, well, what church do you go to? You say, well, I go to New Beginnings. New Beginnings. What kind of church is that? You're going to say, well, New Beginnings is an alive church. New Beginnings is an alive church. New Beginnings is, is a healthy church. It's healthy and alive. You should try it. You should come along and see what we're all about. Because healthy and alive churches are not made by accident. Healthy and alive churches are made on purpose. And New Beginnings Community Church has been made on purpose. Now, every year I say the same way. Spill. And I say it because I wanted to get into your hearts and into your spirits. And this is what it is. Alive churches are always changing. Dead churches don't have to change. They're happy the way they are. Alive churches have got kids running about making noise and shouting. Dead churches are far too quiet. Alive churches think about their future. Dead churches hold on to their past. Alive churches move forward in faith. Dead churches operate by sight. Alive churches put their focus on God. Dead churches put their focus on programs. Alive churches are filled with tithers. Dead churches are filled with tippers. Alive churches dream great dreams of God. Dead churches relive the nightmares of the past. Alive churches don't have the word can't in their Dictionary. Dead churches have nothing but the word can't in their dictionary. Dead churches have nothing. Alive churches have Jesus. Alive churches are full of servants and volunteers. Dead churches are full of blamers, moaners, and whingers. Folks, we at New Beginnings Community Church, at this present moment in time, are the fastest growing church in Halifax. This church has got a name that it's alive, that it's full of passion for Jesus. Let's keep it that way in 2023. But here's the thing, we haven't seen anything yet. Last year, God gave us a glimpse into what the future holds for this church. But here's the thing, we ain't seen nothing yet because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Now, the Bible clearly shows us the characteristics that we need as a church in order to remain healthy. And that is teaching. Everyone say teaching. Fellowship. Worship. Evangelism. Teaching, fellowship, worship, and evangelism. Listen to Acts 2, verse 42. It says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and prayers. The early church were completely and utterly committed to these four qualities. There's nothing casual. Nothing casual about their commitment as a church. Nothing. The idea of commitment is devotion. It means to be constant or to be steadfast. Somebody once said that God doesn't have a casual relationship with anybody. So the church can't afford to have uh, anything less than devoted followers of the Lord Jesus. Do you know we're living in a day when church attendance is at an all-time low? 
So we've got this huge, massive challenge in reaching people as we enter and take by force 2023. Statistics tell us that the percentage of UK citizens in the 1700s who attended church was 62%. In the 1990s, that figure dropped to just 17%. That's a 42% drop in church attendance. There's no statistics for now, but you kind of get the idea, right? We got to now more than any other time in history tell people about Jesus. Tell our family, our friends, our next door neighbor, our great auntie Agnes. Listen, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. The early church was healthy because the early Christians were passionate about their commitment to the Lord. Acts chapter 2, it says. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. So the first thing that made the first century church healthy was its commitment to teaching. But teaching isn't really considered important in today's modern church anymore. The Bible says that a characteristic of the last days would be that people would not endure sound doctrine. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. Church, I think it is a complete tragedy when the world out there doesn't care about Bible doctrine. But I think it's an even greater tragedy when the church doesn't care about it either. Every healthy revival in history has placed a great deal of emphasis on the preaching of the word. Lasting revivals are nourished by solid biblical preaching. Flash in the pan revivals last about as long as a bushfire. And maybe you're thinking, well, well, how do you know a flash in the pan revival, pastor? Well, a flash in the pan revival puts its emphasis on experiences rather than preaching. The Bible is so clear about the importance of the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And sometimes we can be misled into thinking that other things are more important than God's Word. There's a lot of talk today about a social gospel, about a, uh, the, 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 the seeker-friendly model where, where the focus solely uh, uh, moves onto the physical needs of our community above and beyond anything else. But we do people a massive injustice if we don't bring people to a place where they have got to make a decision for Jesus. That is going to be our focus in 2023. We've got to be careful that we don't neglect the word of God in favor of other things because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't get away from that. You can't move away from that. Yes, of course, we must never fail to to feed somebody and to share our food with people and to share our bread with people. But we also must never forget that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We have Bible studies here at the moment. We used to have life groups, but we put them on hold uh, when the pandemic hit. But when we get into our new building, we're going to be shifting back into, into life groups. And the way life groups work is rather than come out to a church, the church building midweek, then we go and we meet in somebody's house. We go to a life group leader's house, usually between six and eight people per group, unless you're Niall and you got like 50. <laughs> usually between six and eight people per group. And what happens is you discuss and you chat about two or three questions that we give to you about the Sunday morning service. And then you have fellowship, have some tea, coffee, eat some food if there's any going. And that's how we make disciples. So that's the importance of doctrine to a healthy church. Then you got fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Even though doctrine's right up there at the very top of the list, it doesn't mean that any of these other characteristics are any less important. And here we see that there was this commitment to, to caring for each other. The Bible calls it fellowship. 
It was a commitment that, that moved the early church to act toward love and kindness to each other. Now, what does it mean by fellowship? Does fellowship mean going out and having a Costa or a Starbucks with your friend or, or going for a Chinese or, or, or just chilling out? Well, that is part of it. Yes, of course it is. But what is being referred to here is something on a completely different level. It says, they met constantly to hear the apostles teach and to share the common life and break bread and to pray. A sense of awe was everywhere. All whose faith had drawn them together held everything in common. With one mind, they kept up their daily attendance at the temple, i.e. church, and breaking bread in private houses, shared their meals with unaffected joy as they praised God. Folks, that is New Testament fellowship right there. Now, the Greek word from fellow for fellowship comes from the root meaning common or shared. So fellowship means common participation in something, either by giving what you have to somebody else or receiving what somebody else has got to give. It's give and take. That's, that's the essence of fellowship. And give and take has got to be the way of fellowship in the life of the church. Say amen if you've ever heard of John Wesley. He said this. He said, I want the whole Christ as my Savior. The whole Bible for my book. The whole church for my fellowship. And the whole world for my mission field. Wow. It says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Folks, the, the first century church didn't just look at their own lives. They didn't just look at their own needs. They deeply, deeply cared about each other. They cared so much that even in the difficult times and difficult circumstances of the first century, they pulled together their resources to make sure every need was met. It's, a, it's, a, it's the word made flesh, just as it was in Christ, but now in us. See, even as Christ gave himself for us, we are to give ourselves for each other. That's one of the things I love about this church. We actually care about each other. We actually give us stuff. We do. Look around you. Look around you. Look at the people beside you. Look at the people in and around you. We care about you. When someone hurts, we hurt. When someone has got a need and we know about it, then that need gets met. That's why we have men's meetings. That's why we have ladies' meetings. To get to know each other. To find out how people are coping. To find out where they're at in their life. Where they're at in their walk with Jesus. To make sure that the need we learn about get met. And once we move into our new building, we're going to be launching a new young adults ministry to fill the AIDS gap that we have here at the present time. With a sole purpose to build relationships. To meet new people. And the plan is to join with other churches. And they are young people can meet our young people, and we can meet their young people and build relationships and get to know other people outside of our four walls. It doesn't matter what church we go to. We are the church. We also want a student's ministry. I've always wanted a student ministry. How exciting is that to have a student's ministry? We're going to have a town center location. We can get a student's ministry where they can come together and talk about all things Jesus. Talk about all things student day. <laughs> See, it's the acts. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the acts of love and fellowship toward each other that lets other people know that Jesus is working in our lives. See, most of us, I'm sure you'll agree, know that it's the practical stuff that shows the love of God, that shows the power of his word. Maybe you're here this morning and you've lost your joy. Put up your hand if you know how easy it is to lose the joy of your salvation. It is easy. It is easy. That's why we pray, Lord, return to me the joy of my salvation. 
But if you've lost your joy, go out and do something nice for somebody. Go out and throw some money through somebody's letterbox with the words from Jesus. Go and sit with somebody who's lonely for half an hour or so just to let them know that you're their friend and that you care about them. If you do that, your joy will come back. I kid you not, your joy will come back. Folks, if you want people to know that the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ are in your life, they will see that by our lifestyle. Because real commitment cannot be devoid of action. If it is, then all we have is sentimentality rather than spirituality. It's not, it's not devotion just to feel for our brothers and sisters. How often do we say that, oh, I really feel for that person? I really feel that they're going through this difficult time. I feel for them. That doesn't mean anything, especially if we have within our means to actually physically help them. If you look at Ovenden and all the surrounding areas today, they have separated feelings from actions. Let's, let's show them 2023 that things can be different. So that's doctrine and that's fellowship. Then we have worship. Who loves to worship? Who thinks we've got an amazing band? Yeah. Ah, come on. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. It's interesting that communion with the saints, which is called fellowship, is followed by communion with God, which is called worship. So you can't have fellowship with God and not have fellowship with each other and vice versa. See, as, as true Christians, we are supposed to be a worshiping community. I've been practicing that word. The early church was characterized by its passionate worship and prayer life. See, worship reflects what's in our heart. It reflects the passion of our hearts. It shows that, that strong devotion. It shows us that we cannot be sidetracked by any other thing when Christ is being focused on. You know, all too often we look around and we, and we get annoyed because people's whispering or people's talking or, or there's kids making noise or running about. But the truth of the matter is that if we are in true worship to our Heavenly Father, then we wouldn't notice them in the first place. Amen. To worship God is to, to recognize His worth. The Bible calls this activity glorifying God or giving glory to God. And He views it as the ultimate end and the whole duty of man. Stroke women. Listen to Psalm 29. Verse 2. It says, Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Say amen if you've heard of Tozer or Tozer or whatever you pronounce it. He says, What is worship? Worship is to feel in your heart and express in some appropriate manner a humbling but delightful sense of admiring awe and astonished wonder and overpowering love in the presence of that most ancient mystery, that majesty which philosophers call the first cause, but which we call our Father which art in heaven. I mean, wow, these guys could talk, couldn't they? Joanne, you unsaved people and unchurched people, they're not going to be put off coming into one of our crazy, whacked-out worship services. Of course they're not. They're not going to be put off by people getting lively and, and jumping around and singing and, and shouting because the world's had enough. The world out there has had enough of empty rituals and meaningless dogma and they're hungry to know that there's a real God worshipped by real passionate people. Which is why we need more musicians. So I'm calling out. I'm throwing a fleece out. If you've got a passion, if you've got a talent 
for worship, whether it be singing, playing an instrument or whatever, as long as you're going home with the Lord Jesus. Please, before this day is through, go and see that man sitting over there and he will talk you and walk you through the process of joining our worship band. We also need kids workers, Sunday school workers. Can I just put out there that if you have kids who goes into Sunday school so you can sit in here and enjoy the service, why not do the right thing, put yourself on the rota so those guys who are in there every week can too once a month come and enjoy a worship service like you do every week. So if you have people in Sunday school, put your name down. Go and see Miss Natalie or Miss Ruth at the end of the service. Don't wait until next week. Get your name down. Because if you don't volunteer, they can't be in church. And they're minding your children. So please, volunteer. One more thing I want to point out. as a characteristic to a healthy church. And I love this one. It's evangelism. Everybody say evangelism. Martin, spell it for me. Martin used to be the head of evangelism, and we used to make fun because he couldn't spell it. It were fun. <laughs> we still make fun of him. <laughs> yes. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Healthy churches, healthy and alive churches are committed to communicating the message of salvation. Every single person sitting in this room, every person who's ever been born again, it started with you hearing the message of salvation. You didn't get saved any other way. Tell people about Jesus. See, evangelism flowed out of the first century church's commitment The commitment was so powerful and so evident that the Bible says they enjoyed the favor of all the people and the Lord added, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's really two ways of communicating. Praising God, which is prayer, and adding to the church daily those who are being saved, which is evangelism. It, it It reflects the church's passion to speak to God and to speak to the world. It reflects our way of hearing from God and then communicating that message to the world. Because a praying church is an evangelizing church, and an evangelizing church, can you guess, is a praying church. Why not get involved in the prayer life of this church? You will bless people by your presence, and you too will be blessed. If you've never been to a Wednesday night Bible study through prayer, why on earth not? Why would you not want to be here? It's amazing. We're fantastic people. Why not get involved in our January 24-hour prayer event that we have every single year? Also, we do a three-day fast, which starts on Wednesday, the 25th of January at 7 p.m. and ends on Saturday, the 28th of January at 7 p.m., During those three days, we don't eat food. That's okay. We don't drink tea or coffee or pop or juice or anything, just water for three days. There's Anne in the back row. She did 40 days. 40 days with no food. Can you imagine? Uh, I'd be thin. 40 days. But during that time, we don't eat. We only drink water. And during the times that we're supposed to eat, we pray. You get on your face because you have time because you're supposed to be eating. We always make time for food, right, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) Haven't got time to do many things, but to eat, we do. So during those times, we get on our knees and we pray. And we seek the Father's face. And the focus this year is the new building and the new ministry opportunities we're going to have when we go into our new building in July or so. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I'm glad one of you are happy about that. <laughs> Our 24-hour prayer event starts on Friday, 7 p.m. to Saturday, 
7 p.m. Twenty-four hour prayer meeting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-seventh or twenty-eighth. I forgot to write that down. I knew I had time. But yes, there is going to be a sheet put out into the into the lobby, and you can put your name down for any hour of that twenty-four hour period. Now you don't have to be the only person to do that hour. You can have fifteen, twenty people doing the same hour. That's okay. Just make sure you all come down to pray. Someone's going to be here for, for the full 24 hours. Normally it's Niall, so I will twist his arm and beg him if he wants to do it again this year so the doors can remain open so you can come in. He's going, oh, please, no. <laughs> so the door will be open for 24 hours. So you can come in and you can pray and you can worship and then you can, you can leave again. But it would be amazing to get as many people as we possibly can to take part in the fast and in the 24-hour prayer so we can just seek the Father's face for 2023 and for our new move into our new building. <clears throat> See, the early church was a praying church. They prayed. It was prayer that fueled their evangelism. The church or the Christian that has learned how to speak to God will have no issues in speaking to man or to woman. Say amen if you heard of D.L. Moody. Everyone's heard of D.L. Moody. This is what he said. He said, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Get this next bit. It's like, wow. He said, Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach. He only taught them how to pray. I'm like, wow. The hair in the back of my neck, if I had any, is on its end right now. A healthy church evangelizes because it's in contact both with God and with people. And it can't help share what it's all about. When we meet people, we should have this innate desire to tell people about Jesus. See, it's easy to work out when something's on fire. It ignites other material. A fire that doesn't spread will eventually end up going out, which is what happens to a lot of churches today. A church without evangelism, uh, evangelism, Martin, evangelism is a contradiction in terms, just like a fire that doesn't burn is a contradiction. So in our new building, running alongside our other ministries, which I just pointed out at the start, we're going to be looking at starting a group for, for, for men and women experiencing difficulties in mental health. It's a place of safety where people can be treated according to their individual needs. We'll work in conjunction with other agencies, providing a, a holistic approach, enabling people to, 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 to achieve recovery in every area of their life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, equipping them with the tools that they need to aid recovery. It's really going to be a safe environment, kind of drop-in with visiting speakers and group discussions and health and beauty workshops and so, so, so much more. We can also make use of our new amazing facilities that we'll have by opening a hot meal drop-in service for the homeless. The reception area alone is twice the size of what we have out there. We could do anything with that. See, as people witness the commitment and the life of a healthy church, then they are attracted to the gospel and attracted to that church. See, the best form of evangelism is to be a healthy church and to be healthy Christians. Now, we know it's scary. We know it's scary. We know it's a little, a little daunting to move into a new building, but this is an exciting time, church. This is really exciting, and it's stirred up something within the leadership that's sparking a flame. Remember, this building isn't the church. It's just bricks and mortar. They're going to drive diggers through this and it's gone. And in a year, it'll be forgotten about. We are the church. We, the people, are the church. And we leave together and we arrive together as one family. But also remember that we're not here to be a social club. We are not a social club. You guys are saved and born again by the Spirit of God. If you die, guess what? You're going to heaven. But there's a world out there that is not going to heaven. 
They are not saved. They are not born again by the Spirit of God. We are here to reach the lost. We are here to reach the lost. That is our purpose for coming to church. Now, in our move to our new building, the harvest field increases. When you think of Ovenden, 12,351 souls. That's our harvest field right now. And we haven't even scratched the surface. Moving to our new home, our harvest field increases from 12,351 to 90,000 souls. Psalm 107 verse 3 says, And he gathers them from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. So rather than just reach the Ovenden area, which we will continue to do, our new harvest field becomes all four corners of Halifax with us in the center, reaching people from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. Guys, we have got an opportunity to reach vast amounts of people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We want to start a well-being hub for church members so that when they face difficult times, that we can look after them and protect them from within. If they need food, they can get food without having to come to a Thursday night or a Thursday uh, uh, food bank and stand in lines because you're our people. We want to look after our people and protect our family. See, we serve a great big God. If you, if you believe that, say amen. amen. What we have to know is God owns the cattle in a thousand hills. He also owns the hills. He owns the hills. And we are going to have to get involved. You're going to have to get off your seat. You're going to have to get involved in where we're going and what we're doing and how we're going to do it. We've got to stick together. We've got to work as the team that we are. If we do that and stick together and work together, we will see people saved for the glory of the Lord Jesus. We will see families saved. We will see friends saved, work colleagues saved, neighbors saved. Now, obviously, the, the building's not going to be the way we want it to be the day we move in. We can't, we're not Superman. So we'll take it in stages, phase one, phase two, phase three. But we'll get in. Say amen. amen. We'll get in, and we'll worship Jesus there, and we'll extend the kingdom while we're there. And we'll do it because God is with us. And we know God is with us because God has been adding people to this church from the day we came. God is in control. My conclusion, the early church was healthy because it was full of the love of God and love for each other. Folks, we're on the right path. Let's continue to allow God's Spirit to do the same work in us. For us to be committed to Bible teaching. Caring fellowship, Christ-centered worship, and community-changing evangelism. Now, I'm not sure if you know. I'm sure many of you do. But I'm not sure if you know that you have got the single most amazing leadership team that I've ever worked with in the four churches that I've, I've pastored. Come on, that's terrible round of applause for our, for our leadership team. Come on. And I just want to ask the leaders to make their way up. Come on, where you're sitting. So many really were through to get Ruth. Just asking the leaders to make their way up to the front, just to be identified, and we are going to pray over them. Just down here, come on down, here, down the front here, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray over you all. It means you too, Anne. Trying to hide in the back corner there. I saw her. Now, where is Ruth? <clears throat> I know they've just radioed through. They've radioed through to ask her to come down. What an amazing set. Come on, let's encourage our leadership team, church. Come on. Obviously, we have my wife. Hi, V. We have my wife. 
I'm obviously the most blessed man in the entire world because nobody could ever put up with my weirdness except for my wife. And I am weird, I tell you. I kid you not. I am weird. Then we have wonderful Linda there. I mean, she's amazing. Not only is she... Not only is she my PA, she's also church administrator, looks after the Ministry of Helps. She is also a trustee for the charity, and she does a fantastic, amazing job. Then right in front of me, you've got Niall and Natalie Mitchell. Come on, church. <laughs> Niall and Natalie Mitchell. They head up our worship and production and our kids' ministries, and they are fantastic. I had, you know, you know I... I sat last night. I sat last night on my iPad and I wrote out all this, all this stuff that I could say about each and every one of them. And then I read through it and then I deleted it because I was scared in case I said one more good thing about one person and not enough about another person. And I thought I'm not going to even bother doing that. But listen, they know how awesome they are and the ministries that they head up in this church, worship, production, and kids is absolutely amazing. Then we have, then we have, then we have Ruth Finley, supported by her husband Stuart. And Ruth, Ruth, Ruth looks after our kids alongside of Natalie, and they do an amazing job. I feel, I feel bad for Stuart because he's to take the brunt of all the stress that working with kids causes. We have Martin and Ann Durgan right here in the house. <laughs> Martin heads up our, our, our social needs department with, with, with his lovely wife, Anne, uh, which is the food bank. Come on, share the food bank. They see so many families supported uh, through that ministry, Martin is also a trustee of the charity. And Anne, for her sins, is church treasurer. So she looks after all the money. So if you need something, you got to ask her. And then, but be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> then we have Mr. Peter Camp in the house, everyone. <laughs> Mr. Peter Kemp looks after all the legal side of the church and supports an amazing team. He is also a trustee of the charity, and we love him here, and we love everything that he brings to the church and to our leadership team. One more time, let's really encourage these guys. Let's encourage them. I know I mentioned my beautiful wife at the start, personally. But, but she also looks after, she also heads up the events department and organizes the Christmas fund or the Christmas extravaganza and the Easter fund. Let's encourage her, come on. <laughs> you are encouraged that if you have any issues, if you want any prayers, you want to pray for you, if you, if you don't like the pastor, listen, go and speak to these guys. Now, don't all rush at once. <laughs> You can speak to any of these guys and they will pray for you and they will anoint you with oil and they will take care of you if they can. So uh, please don't be afraid to approach any of this team. Let's reach our hands out. Let's reach our hands toward this team. We're going to pray for them in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this amazing, fantastic, anointed and caring leadership team that you have blessed me and the people of this church with. Father, we pray you bless them. We pray, Father God, you open up the floodgates of heaven, pour blessings upon them and their families that they can't even contain. Father God, let them see things in the spiritual realm, Father God, that will help them and encourage them in their roles and in their employment and in their families. Father God, we love them. But we know that you love them with an everlasting love, Father God. And we know that you have plans and purposes for each and every one of them for their lives, Father God. So we ask you, Lord, anoint them. Touch them, Lord. Refill them with the Holy Ghost, with fire and passion, Lord. And as we discuss and as we, as we, as, 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 as we move our church into a new building, Father God, we pray, Lord God, that you continue to keep us united, Father God. Because a house divided cannot stand. So, Father, we thank you for the unity, Father God, and the passion that this team brings to this church. Have your way in their hearts and through them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, let's encourage them as they go back to their seats. God bless you guys. Niall. Hallelujah. You have thought it appropriate for the, the... Oh, can I just say, if you have any questions about the vision, about the direction the church is going in in 2023, please don't be afraid to come and speak to me or speak to one of the team and they'll gladly put your hearts at ease. But listen, be with us. Be excited what God is going to do this, this, this coming year because 
God is going to do great things in and through all of us in Jesus' name.